Two middle-aged men in Cleveland. We're under the weather, but we're still doing this, Ted. Episode 111. I know people don't care if we're sick. We just have to yeah. do a show. The show must go on. Queen always said that. The show must go on. Well, let's start. Number 11. Famous number 11s. These are some interesting ones. Um, we'll start with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Zadrunas Ogaskis, one of my favorite Zee! players. Pass the potatoes. Pass the- <laughs> Terrell Brandon. Yeah. Kevin Johnson. We talked about this guy previously because he did have a small stint with the Cavs. Walt Frazier, mm-hmm. who's best known for playing for the Knicks. He was there in 78 to 80. And then one of my favorites, and I don't know if you remember this guy, he came in the Larry Nance trade. He was like an add-on when they traded uh, Kevin Johnson. Mike Sanders. Remember Mike Sanders? I thought he was he was 11. I thought he was 33. No, he was also number 11. Okay. Okay. So All now right. we move to our favorite team, the Cleveland Browns. Yes. I only have two. Yeah. But let's see if you can name either of them. Let's play oh, that game. Uh, Ty Detmer. No, that's a good one, but that's not correct. Is he was he eleven? No, he was not. Okay, I don't. I both I receivers, both are receivers. Oh, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones. He's a current, yes. Um, I don't know who the other one would be. Travis Benjamin. Oh gosh. And Terrell Pryor. Oh, the pride of Glenville. Right. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. I was right. Ty Detmer was number 11 here. Oh, oh okay. I grabbed the wrong thing. Oh, I see it. I see it now. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm incorrect. My information's incorrect. Oh, look at that. Well, look at that football card. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. Classic. All right. Now we move to the tribe. And I could say okay. the tribe because it's. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, 11. Come on, you got to get the first one. He's probably the best player we have right now. Period. In the, oh, like, yeah. the last uh, ten years, uh, third base. Uh, got it. I, I uh, God, I can't say his name. Maybe Jose Ramirez. That's him. Yeah, that's what I said. Here's some other good ones. I think you like these names. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Was Doug Jones eleven? Yes, he was. Well done. Okay, there we go. Um, Mark Lewis was ten. Yes. Uh, 11, 11. I feel like there's an infielder, uh, yes. uh, shortstop or second base. Nope. Uh, I I'm blanking. Toby Hera, Toby Hera, third base. God, he played forever. Didn't he? Yeah, he did. Dave Duncan was another number 11. Paul Sereno. Remember Paul Serrano? Oh, yeah. Game? Joe. Uh, 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 yeah. They put the, the big uh, bowl of spaghetti on the scoreboard. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Lawton. Remember him? Oh, yeah. And Jeff Branson. Jeff, Jeff Branson. Branson. Here's a little trivia about Paul Sorrento. I was in the Indians uh, fan cast booth once yeah. at the old stadium. Way, way up there. And the Indians were playing the A's. And Paul Sereno hit a home run while I was calling my inning of fan casting. And the ironic, so I, you know, I had a, a nice call of it. So the following summer, 
I'm an intern at WKNR, which was at that time the Indian flagship. And I come in this one day and they're like, oh, hey, you're going to go in and do some production with the production guy. So I go in and he says, all right, we're going to do a, a promo for the fan cast booth. He says, I have some clips that uh, our guys recorded and, you know, we'll uh, we'll pick some clips and make a thing. Like the third clip is my home run call. Oh, are you serious? Oh, yeah. that's hilarious. How about that's that? Hilarious. That's classic. Yep. Well, speaking of uh, Guardians news, they've named a couple different people. Now, first of all, I don't know where these people are going to work because they were supposed to be on Valley Sports. But as everyone knows, they've kind of filed for bankruptcy. So I don't know if these people are going to work or not, but they made an announcement yesterday. By the, by the, the way, are you doing a Scott Van Pelt impression? Is that what you're doing? I'm certainly trying. Okay. Yes. OK, um, they've added a few folks, former players, one to the actual booth and then two for like the pregame and postgame. I thought you'd find these names interesting. OK, Pat Tabler, Mr. Clutch. Oh my gosh, they're going to have him in there with uh, Rick Manning. I heard Doc Brown is bringing him in. oh my and he's going to join matt in the in the booth but not for every game but just selected games i don't know why they switched this up okay and then ellis burks and chris jimenez are going to be rotating to talk to al palowski and the and i can't think of the pitcher that's in there with them now um that's terrible of me right not brian anderson what am i trying to say He's so Same good. The guy too. who was there last year. Yes, he's very yeah, good. Okay. Yeah, his name escapes me. Right so now. good, we don't know his name. <laughs> we don't know his name. He's so good, we don't know his name. Is uh, is uh, my favorite guy gonna be the uh, sideline or the dugout reporter again? Andre not. Oh, of course he is. Yeah, he's okay. in the mix. No, no, he's he's definitely he's definitely in the mix. Okay, okay, all right. Very yeah, good. I gotta look at this. This is gonna bother me. Jensen Lewis. Jensen, Jensen Lewis, is, yes, that's him. He's very good. He's big yes. too. I saw him one time in Rocky River at a restaurant. He's like he's six, six or six seven, right? I don't know if he's that tall, but he's well built. I mean, he's okay. like he looks like he could kick the crap out of well in two seconds. So yeah. So that's my Cleveland sports news. I know we're not a Cleveland sports show, but I figured we could talk about that. But I also have big news. Oh, do you? And I know one of your favorite places to go is the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. Is oh. it not? I mean, you could spend all day there. I mean, I know you love, you wake up in the morning. I, I think I want to go stand in line and just people watch. So recently, I've seen two different reports on this, that they're starting to put a BMV kiosk in different stores. So right now you can go to a BMV kiosk, which you can renew tags and do all that fun stuff at Drug Mart. Oh, I thought you'd find that interesting. So we're, we're starting to get a little bit more streamlined when it comes to updating our tags and licenses and all that. And I'm not exactly sure. Obviously, if you have to get a new picture, I don't think you're going to be able to do that there. But if you just have to pay your money to renew tags or do some other basic stuff. You're going to be able to do that at a kiosk. I thought well, you got, you'd get very excited by that. You, you can also do that uh, non-picture stuff online. True. That's correct. That's what I do. 
I don't, yeah. I don't even go in there. But yeah, if you got if if you need to get the new license or anything like that, you're gonna have to go in the actual BMV. But it's nice to know that they're trying to find some other options because my wife will love that. She's. You know, I, she, I can't imagine she is one of many that have not had good experience. She is a very people-oriented person. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. I am very aware of this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Speaking yes. of my wife, she, um, we had a situation. I was on the phone with you yesterday, and I believe I said, "I feel a podcast story coming on." Yeah, and I and, I wanted to hang up because I wanted to get this full experience. Well, what so happened. it happened. So. My youngest son had baseball practice, 4.30 to 6, okay? Okay. So I'm told I have to work with the other two on homework while she's running the one to baseball. Okay, so I'm doing that. She gets back, and then she's got to get the middle kid out for lacrosse practice and pick up the youngest kid at the same gym, okay? And this is at 6 o'clock. Okay. So she's trying to get him out of the house, and I know this will come as a surprise. He's not listening real well. Meanwhile, my father-in-law sees me coming in from the car because I was getting something, and he says, did you see any tomatoes in the car? No, I did not. Okay? So Erica's trying to get the kid out of the house. Her mother calls her cell phone. She doesn't answer because she's in a hurry. These I love these stories. You were so she, descriptive. This is an episode of Seinfeld in like five minutes. It really is. Okay. So mother-in-law calls, doesn't get an answer. So she leaves a voicemail. Do you know where the tomatoes are? Still trying to get out of the house. Mother-in-law calls again, gets Erica on the phone. Do you know where the tomatoes are? And Erica's like, no, I don't. I'm in a hurry. I can't talk. Okay. So then... Father-in-law comes over to the house and is rummaging around in the kitchen while she's trying to get out of the house, asking where the tomatoes are. It's all about the tomatoes. Did you find the tomatoes? Well, so she goes to the school and she drops off the middle kid. The middle kid goes into the gym and then comes back out before the youngest kid comes out and says, they're not here for lacrosse. So it's at that point that my wife decides to look at her phone and discovers that the lacrosse practice is not at the school. It's at a high school field about 20 minutes away. Oh, boy. So they both get back in the car, and it was at that point she found the tomatoes. So she called her parents, told her she found the tomatoes. Then she calls me and says, you got to find cleats. Now, I'll let a, a cat out of the bag here. Our house, not the most organized. So asking me to find cleats, here's the haystack. This is what the needle looks like. And so I found four right-footed cleats. I also found a pair of cleats that were a good inch too short for his foot. Oh, boy. And so then Erica comes in, and she's just rummaging through the, 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 the porch to the point my father's like, what's going on in there? And I'm like, oh, she's just looking for cleats. And <laughs> she eventually found them and got them to practice. So mom Uber I'm had surprised. some. Uh, had some I, I am very surprised that you did not come back with an answer when somebody asked you about the tomatoes. 
Where's the tomatoes? And you, something to that extent. How about past the past the tomatoes? I'm not surprised that you came up with something like that. That is, uh, that seems like a lot of yakety sacks. I'm not going. Well, to so later on in the evening, when she tells me this story, she gets to the end of it, and she hadn't told me that she found the tomatoes. So she tells me the whole story, and I said, I just have one question about this story. She says, Oh, what's that? I said, Well, where's the tomatoes? <laughs> That's what she told me she found them. So uh, uh, here's a transition. Speaking of disorganized homes, Dwayne Cerny is here this week. He's the author of a book called Selling Dead People's Things. We're going to talk to him about that. We're also going to talk to him about how to get somebody to start cleaning out unused stuff in their house. Uh, that could be called hoarding. I don't know that That's we a possibility. can use that term. But uh, Jen Brazdovich from Destination Cleveland is here. With a peek at the April Cleveland calendar, Dusty Sloan is here to talk about the greatest Browns tight end of all time. So we have lots of guests. We also have good news out and about, clops, clips, and much more. And now, a woman's perspective. How many honest, intelligent, caring men in the world does it take to do the dishes? Both of them. This has been A Woman's Perspective. Blah, blah, blah. 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 Our guest today is a best-selling author with uh, titles such as Selling Dead People's Things, which I think it's right to the heart of the point, don't you, Ken? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so we're talking about, uh, the vintage, uh, market for different items. We're also going to talk a little bit about hoarding and, and just hanging on to stuff or selling stuff. We're going to do all that right now with Dwayne Searney. Dwayne, thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. All right. So selling dead people's things. First of all, great, great title for the book. Um, thank you. Is that um market of old people stuff? Is it easy to sell off that stuff? Is it getting harder? How does the is it changing at all? Or it's 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 always changing. Okay. And, uh, and people's perceptions are always changing. I mean, there was a time where uh, the kids didn't want anything. And then the kids wanted everything. <laughs> and then it kind of really depends on the kids. Um, and also, it's like, what are we talking about? You know, what, what is it that, uh, that needs to be, uh, uh, what needs to move along? And, 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 and how do you make that happen? So that's absolutely changed. But I think probably the biggest thing lately is that, especially younger people, and I think this is going to stick now, uh, have just a different perception than, uh, let's just say, you know, we baby boomers, um, uh, a little bit more evolved. I'll give them the compliment of that, of being uh, acknowledging that, the, of wanting to be green and having a smaller footprint and all those expressions. So uh, they get it. There's no shame in like running to the goodwill and find, buying stuff and recycling things. Um, uh, whereas you know, other people, you know, would be like, I'm not stepping in a, in a, in a thrift store to buy, to buy anything. 
a lot of people that I've been talking to and talking to their friends, they're at a point where they're looking to relocate or downsize or anything like that. And so you have certainly the situation of, so there's this different stuff and you talk to the different families and some of the kids want the stuff, as you kind of mentioned it, some of them don't. But it seems like now, Dwayne, there's other options to get rid of stuff as opposed to just picking stuff up and bringing it to Goodwill or something like that. You can go yeah. to Facebook Marketplace and do different things. So is it if someone's interested in moving the items, do you yeah. think it's a little bit easier to do that now than it was 10 years ago? No, I mean, the, the Internet has changed everything. So uh, to, you know, to, your, to your point, when you've got um, Facebook Marketplace as, as an option of selling things, uh, but you also have... Uh, any variety of uh, websites that you can either register on, like WorthPoint is a great one, to find out what what is the value of something. And it's shocking how much how much stuff is out there because that WorthPoint sur uh, surveys auction houses across the country and what the results have been for uh, you know for items. But if anybody doesn't, you don't want to spend money, you can just go into eBay, sold. Just look at what's sold, not what people, not what crazy prices somebody might be asking for Jesus on a piece of toast. And, <laughs> and that, you know, because people just get, they start running, oh, well, that doesn't mean anything. No, no, that's one goofy thing. But it can, it's an absolutely wonderful resource for finding, this is what these things are selling for right now. This is what the last one sold for. Generally, you're, you're probably going to be disappointed. But because again, there's collecting trends. And what I always suggest though, and just kind of backing up, if I may, is that when you're at that point and you're going, you know, yeah, I need to downsize. Let's just go with that one. Um, that's a great time to start a, a, a gifting journal. And I always say, don't show it to anybody. <laughs> um, and that, then that's the time you're going to say, you know what, my, let's just say your coin collection or whatever. I want my nephew to have that. I want, you know, my sister-in-law to have these dishes or whatever. That's the time to write that down because you, once you're gone, everybody will be fighting over everything anyway, <laughs> but at least they can say, you know, Ken wanted this um, and it's written down. So now, you know, who knows if that's what'll happen, but at least it's your wishes. So, and not being morbid about it, but just this is the time to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little bit about uh, hoarding or trying to encourage someone to downsize if you have someone you know who holds on to a lot of stuff maybe there's an emotional attachment or things like that you have any suggestions for how to overcome that what can you do collecting anything uh is a, is curious <laughs> and it's a very it's very much a human thing i believe you know i mean squirrels may be collecting nuts but they're hungry it's tough because you're addressing something that's very personal to that person, right? So it's really almost like, you know, it's when you say like encouraging them, uh, you, 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 you have to be careful in that because you can go a little too far, you know, and I can say to the guy with these advertising rulers, well, do you need, really need all these rulers? And then, you know, at that point, he could just be, well, if you're going to give me grief about it, I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> it's yeah. somehow the third rail of what, because the part of what my books are about, are, I say that, you know, people are what they collect. There's no, there's no coincidence in how all the objects in your home arrive there. You, you, you inherited it, you bought it, you found it. Uh, you know, it was gifted to you. 
there, there's, it's, there's a reason. And then the things that you collect reflect who you are and your own interests, you know, in, 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 in sports, in, in, in books, in whatever, whatever it is. Encouraging people to, <laughs> to downsize is, is very, very, diff very difficult. And it's uh, honestly one of my favorite shows is Hoarders. And, and none of this is about making fun of people. I want to put that out because I've absolutely done this many, many, many times. But I do say you have to be very patient with people and you need to be, as a dealer, I always say, you know, yeah, I'm a merchant, but I'm a social worker. I'm a priest. I'm a rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a nurse if they're throwing something at me. Um, yeah, you, you really have to be uh, very uh, uh, empathetic to to what they collect and res respectful of that. So it just can't be, do you really need another empty coffee can? You know, it's just, it'll, it'll come down to that. So I always find people are motivated by uh, uh, time and money. So oftentimes people are, let's just say, you know, I don't want to say they're losing the house, but you know, they don't have any money. They can't afford to keep up that house anymore. And that's why they need to downsize. So if there's a motivator in it, it's that's kind of the, the best way to go. Um, and then the, again, and then there's a the time element. This has to be done by June 1st because, you know, you're they're moving into a smaller place. It's assisted living. You know, so there's a lot of patience involved in these things and so hoarders is really as, as far as the tv show they nailed it as far as that is exactly what it's like now for tv they want to show you the most extreme insane things you know um another thing though that i encourage people to do is everybody's got a a, a, a camera in their in their hand photos sell things um so take as many pictures as you can and you don't have they don't have to be artistic but narrow in on a couple differences of smalls, narrow in on a couple different items, half a dozen items at a time, take pictures, furniture, of course, right? Um, and shop those around. I've had people actually go to uh, uh, be invited to a home and uh, look into the garbage can and something they've been, because they're you know getting rid of stuff, right? They're just throw, throwing it out and going, no, I would, I'll buy these things that are in your trash. Wow. So, um, it's, uh, I don't say dealers will buy anything, but they, they, they know what they can sell and they know what, what is selling and that's their business. So, um, uh, uh, and you know, you don't have to accept their offer. You can get a, you know, you can get a, an, obviously a number of people in, it really depends what it is. It's, it's always hard to answer kind of general questions with specificity when it comes to vintage, because sure. we could be talking sure. about anything. Yeah. Sure. Um, uh, I sell um, film. So remember when there was film? <laughs> well, we remember when there was film, <laughs> right? Yes. You, had a you had a camera and then you get the film and you get the film developed. Well, younger people buy film. Hmm. That's was something that was just thrown out. Who, who kept film, right? Once you had your prints in the garbage, it goes. And there's no more film, if you think about generally, because we have these different cameras and we print them out in a different way. There's film. Uh, and I, start, I started selling film 10 years ago. Um, and again, that's something that people would definitely, some of your listeners would throw that away. Um, but younger people have all kinds of ways that they can manipulate images. Uh, and there's software and that's it's 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 an, it's the image 
it's the yeah. image. So um, that's an example of, I always thought, I, I kind of stumbled on that. Uh, and I listened to what people asked for and people started asking for for um, for film. And I was like, what? <laughs> Going like, yeah, you never no, I can't that. keep it in. I can't keep it, you know, it, it flies out the door. Yeah. Wow. Well, fair enough, Dwayne. We appreciate the info. I know you have a website. Can you give it to the uh, our listeners uh, in case they have any questions? Things sure. Like that? So I've, I've got two books out now, uh, Selling Dead People's Things, uh, dot com and VintageConfidential.com. Uh, you can visit my store, which is BAM Chicago, B-A-M Chicago.com. And I'm, I'm most everywhere. I'm on YouTube, Instagram, uh, uh, TikTok. I'm old, but I'm on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm more talk than tick right now, but uh, that's a whole separate show on what the difference is between the tick and the talk. I think yes, <laughs> consciousness, yes. consciousness. Yeah. Right. All right, Dwayne. Well, we appreciate the time and the information. Thank you very much. Thank you. I hope I answered your questions. Ted, we have an overachiever. Of course we his do. name is Sarwan Singh. Yeah. He lives in British Columbia and he's broken his own world record. These people are amazing. They yeah, get these what's... records and they just break them themselves. Yeah. It's for the longest beard on living on a living person. Oh. I mean, we got a chance on this one. He, yeah, he right. first earned the title in 2008 when his beard measured seven feet eight inches. I will repeat that. His beard length was seven feet, eight inches. That's taller, longer than uh, Shaquille O'Neal or Zadruna Zilgowskis or yeah. anybody else. And, you know, here's the part that's funny. I bet you this guy's about five foot two. <laughs> In 2010, the record was updated with the new beard length of eight feet, two and a half inches. Yeah. The record now is eight feet, three inches. He got another half inch. Good for him. Singh says he's been growing his facial hair since the age of 17. Well, it's always good when you can add another half inch. Unbelievable. Well, Sarwan Singh found, found a way to do it. And since 17, he's been growing his beard. That, my friend, is an overachiever. Time for our Cleveland sports segment. That means we can only bring in one person. That person's name is Dusty Sloan. And Dusty, knowing how big of a Browns fan you are, this is a topic that I know you're going to enjoy talking about today. Ozzie Newsom, who was born on March 16th, 1956. What can you tell us a little bit about the Hall of Fame tight end who is nicknamed the Wizard? Gentlemen, Ozzie Newsom was a heck of a player, and really he, along with Callan Winslow in that same time frame, kind of revolutionized the tight end position. It wasn't a blocking position primarily. Obviously, Kellen Winslow did what he did with Eric Coriel and Dan Fouts out in San Diego with the Chargers, and and uh, Ozzie Newsom did what he did here with Brian Sipe and then later Bernie Kosar. But you look at his credentials, and obviously Ozzie's a Hall of Famer, three-time Pro Bowler, Hall of Fame, all 1980s team, and that's an obvious one. But 1,000 yards receiving as a tight end, that didn't happen very often. 
prior to that. And he was the main target because a lot of Browns fans back in that time frame will remember that the Browns weren't real great at wide receiver from the time that Reggie Rucker retired to the time the Browns got the Webster Slaughters, the Brian Brennans, the Reggie Langhorns. So in that kind of in between, Ozzie Newsom was the main passing target. Not only was he the main passing target, Dusty, but uh, he set the record for uh, consecutive games with a catch there over a, a you know, multi-year span. He did, and he had his uh, – I always felt like I was the jinx in that regard because the first ever Browns game I went to, I was 12 years old in 1989, and that was the game where Ozzie Newsom's consecutive catch streak was snapped, so I always blame myself for that. Uh, well, now we know who to who to do to throw the tomatoes at. Dusty, but won't hold it against you. Now, the I, one I thing about Ozzie Newsom, I mean, obviously Hall of Fame player. When you think of the Browns back in those days in the '80s, he's first certainly one of the first names you think of, along with Bernie Kosar and a host of others. And I, I'm going to bring this out. Okay, so now. He, is he looked on as a villain? I don't look at him this way because he's worked for the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, obviously he was set up with, you know, doing stuff with the Browns, the Browns moved. He, he kind of took the job when Modell moved the team. Do you think there's any ill will against him or anything like that? I don't feel that, but what's, what's your thoughts on that whole thing? I don't think there should be because we all know that the, the track record, the national football league for African-Americans getting hired in those positions is not great. So get, he, he was given that opportunity. He probably should be in the Hall of Fame as an executive, too, to be quite honest. Yes. Unfortunately, that's that's the legacy that he left in Baltimore with championships, that a team that I still think shouldn't even exist, but that's another uh, discussion for another time. But I'm not ever going to hold that against him because he got that opportunity, he took it, and did the best he could with it. And it, and it most likely would have happened here if the team would have never moved. So, no, I can't. I can't hold that against him. I wish he would have been the GM here. Yes. Yeah, well, imagine Jonathan Ogden, Ray Lewis, and others in Browns uniforms if that wouldn't have occurred. Well, amazing player and a heck of a career and certainly a Hall of Famer. But, uh, Dusty, thanks for your information. Ozzie Newsom, born in March of 1953. Now, I want to switch gears on you for a second as the Ash University women's basketball team has found themselves again in another national championship and so far an undefeated season. Can you talk briefly about the AU women's team and what's coming up for them on April 1st? Absolutely, guys. This is a very great run that our women's basketball team is on, 36-0, and number one Ooh. team in the country for several weeks, going on a few months right now, and uh, going to play in the national championship game in D2 on April Fool's Day. 3.30 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 in Dallas. Uh, we'll play on CBS Sports Network against number six-ranked Minnesota Duluth. And it's going to be a fantastic game. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be on site. Um, I'm expecting several hundred of our fans to be there on site because they travel well and support this team. And uh, it, it's, it's just been a fantastic ride. And it's been one of those things where you're making history because 36-0 – Ashland's the only women's basketball team in D2 to ever go 37-0, and they could do it again with a championship here. And um, the 12-year run that this program has been on with, with the championships, the national runner-ups, conference championship after conference championship, coaches of the year, players of the year, assistant coaches of the year, 
and and it's been a dozen year run right now of success sustained success and this program has uh, been a light as coach Kerry Pickens would say for many different people and I'm just fascinated to see how this is going to end up come April 1st it's amazing to see how Kerry Doherty now Kerry Pickens um she was obviously a great player at Ashland and didn't take her long to become a great head coach well it, it's remarkable because you think about it and how great she was in those two years playing here at Ashland if, for my money the best division two player in women's basketball history so now you become an assistant coach and then you become a head coach and she's got a winning percentage of over 900. Now we, we all know, and we've seen in professional sports that being a great player does not necessarily translate into being a great head coach. See Wayne Gretzky. See, I mean, we, baseball players have had their opportunities to do this, but Carrie knows the game inside and out. She surrounded herself with great assistant coaches. GAs who have gone on to be successful head coaches, assistant coaches have gone on to be head coaches, and obviously you pick the right players to recruit, either through high school or the transfer portal. And this team is nine and a half, ten players deep, legitimately. And when you meld those players together, you had they went to the transfer portal more this year than they ever have. And those players have bought in. They haven't played as many minutes as they have before, but they bought into the team concept. And that's how you end up being 36-0 and 0, and hopefully at the end of the day, 37-0. and 0. So I saw a stat the other day, and obviously I'm not going to get it correct, but the record of the women's basketball team since their, the first time that they went to the NCAA tournament and went to the finals to now, what is that record? Because I saw it, and I, I, I don't want to get it incorrect. You are the guru of many different things, and of course, Ash University – women's athletics. Can you tell us what that record is from that first time that they went to the championship till now? Well, in the last 12 seasons, now updating that graphic that I put up the other day before the elite eight in the last 12 seasons, the overall record is three fifty-eight and 39. <laughs> That's over 900. This is now our fifth final four or fifth final four, fifth national championship game. If we win on April Fool's Day, that'll be our third undefeated season in the last 12 years. Remember, we had a 73-game winning streak not too long ago that, was, that is also a D2 record. The consistency of this program is, is, is something that cannot be quantified. Obviously, statistics help that, but to be able to hopefully win three national championships, get to five national championship games, and cumulatively win more than nine out of every 10 games over a 12-year period, it's it's ridiculous, really, when you think about it. <sighs> Unreal. Unreal. That is winning. I mean, th there's there's no other way to say it. That is winning. Well, Dusty, best of luck. Thanks for your information on Ozzie Newsom, And thanks for the update on the Ash University women's basketball team. We wish them the best of luck as they play in the championship game on April 1st. Thanks again, Dusty. Thanks, guys. Cleveland! This is for you! Said we're out and about northeast Ohio. We actually went on location too. Talk about a little bit of a small town just outside of Cincinnati. But we'll start. It was a big weekend last weekend. It was Awen Dworznik's birthday. Oh, celebration! Twenty nine. So, yeah, just turned just turned twenty nine. God bless her. Okay. 
So obviously went to a couple different places. Went to the favorites. Buckeye Beer Engine as always. But a place we went to that we've talked about before, we actually finally had dinner. Last time it was just some snacks and drinks. Cordelia on East 4th Street. They took over oh, the old low nice. Phenomenal. Very good place. Um, March is a celebration of birthdays. It is ridiculous. My son has a birthday. Awen has a birthday. I have cousins that have a birthday. My father has a birthday. It's a good month to run out of money. So I just want you to son, know, I, I do not have a birthday in March. I know you don't. I know. And yeah. I will not wish you a happy birthday until that time. Thank you. We went to Flipside and Rocky River for my son's birthday, which was fun. I'm not sure if you've been there or not. Burgers, oh. shakes, all that. It was pretty good. Um, as I mentioned to people before, I'm trying to do more. How do I say this? More things outside of the bar and the restaurant realm. <clears throat> so I went to a retreat with my son at St. Francis in uh, Medina, Ohio. It was great. And then I think you'll like this. I was part of Stations of the Cross Ooh. at St. Bernadette's to do some readings. And as you can imagine, I sounded absolutely amazing when I did it because this <laughs> is the way it's about. So it's classic. And then I went to Loveland, Ohio, which is just outside of Westchester, Ohio. I had some business there and we uh, I was there with a very nice gentleman who's the site manager for our facility in Westchester. And we actually went to a really good barbecue place. And it's a very cute town in Loveland, Ohio. So if you're looking for a place just outside of Cincinnati, small town, I recommend Loveland. But that's yeah. my out and about. Ted, I know hockey season has come to a close, so you don't have as much hockey events. I, but did I, you and your wife or did you have an opportunity to get out at all? Well, it was interesting. You know, this is this might be the first uh, uh, show in forever that I don't have much to say about hockey. Uh Wow. You know, we're still practicing, uh, you know, keeping it sharp. Alan Iverson's practice. But, but, uh, yeah. But we, uh, it was interesting. We uh, made a trip to BW3s with the kids. And it was a guy at the table next to us. Seemed like a nice guy. Had a little conversation with him. And, uh, you know, he's, he's by himself and he's tossing back a few shots. And I said, I can't, I said, you know, like everything okay or something like that. And he says, Oh, I got in a, I got in a big fight with my wife and she told me she wasn't going to talk to me for a month. And so I figured, well, you know, let's spin this. And I said, well, you know, you'll have plenty of peace and quiet. He tosses back another one and he says, yeah, today's the last day. <laughs> it's my out and about. You're classic. Jen, my favorite holiday is coming up. We're talking about uh, we're talking with Jen Brasnovich from uh, Destination Cleveland. The uh, calendar is about to turn to April, and the first day of April is always a favorite of mine. I'll let uh, everybody just figure that out on their own. But uh, Jen, is there anything uh, coming up in April? Does Cleveland celebrate April Fool's Day in any special way? I, you know, I don't think so. I think okay. Cleveland's, Cleveland's sick of being the butt of people's jokes, so we just don't do it anymore. Okay. We know that we're better. So, well, what are some uh, some some uh, exciting events? I know uh, opening day is uh, coming up for the Guardians, but uh, I think there's a lot more than that uh, happening this month. Yeah, 
I thought that's what you were going to say your favorite holiday was, was opening <laughs> the home opener for the Cleveland Guardians. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, it is a holiday in Cleveland. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it's spring. The, the sun is kind of shining sometimes out there. We're looking ahead to some warmer weather. So it is time to shake off the winter blues, turn the calendar over to April, and just get ready for everything that spring has in store. Since you mentioned it, we can start with the Guardians. In case you haven't heard, in case you've been living under a rock, the Cleveland Guardians are hot. They are coming into this year guns blazing. They are ready to to take on the baseball world by storm. American League Manager of the Year, Terry Francona and his Cleveland Guardians, back at Progressive Field on Friday, April 7th for the home opener. So 27 games at home between now and the end of May. So really like no excuse not to go and cheer on the Cleveland Guardians. And then that way, when they win the World Series this year, you can say that you saw them back when. And they have the uh, the guy voted uh, best looking manager in the American League uh, running the show, right? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, spring does mean the return of baseball season. We're excited to have the Guardians back here at home. They've got some cool home game programming throughout spring. Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Celebration Night. That rolls right off the tongue. Uh, in May 12th, and they will be home weekends, May um, some cool stuff to do this spring over there with the Guardians. And uh, speaking of Cleveland baseball, Ted, perhaps you remember a little movie called Major League that featured baseball team? I'm familiar with that movie. On April 28th, <laughs> on April 28th Wild Thing himself, Charlie Sheen, he's going to be at MGM Northfield Park for a special screening of the movie and a conversation with Charlie Sheen. I can only imagine how that conversation is going to go, uh, but it is a cool opportunity to go out and celebrate that movie, which is all about Cleveland baseball. Tickets start at $51 for that. And um, there is and only there's only one word to describe that evening. Tell me. Winning. Winning. And, you know, just like the Cleveland Guardians are going to do. See, it all comes full circle. Uh, you said that your favorite holiday is on April 1st. My, my favorite spring holiday is coming up. Dingus Day. Hey, you can't say that on our show. <laughs> this is a family show. How yeah. dare you? Keep your dingus uh, to the yourself. Dingus Day, this is the celebration of all things Polish here in Cleveland happens the Monday after Easter. So this year's celebration is back at Gordon Green. It was there last year from 10 a.m. until 8 p.m. indoors and outdoors. So no matter what the weather does, no matter what your schedule is that day, you have no excuse not to stop by. Plenty of polka music, tasty polka food, beer, live entertainment. There are some chances for attendees to show off your skills. So take note of this, Ted. There Ooh. is an amateur accordion contest that you can enter. Well, anything interest, with the word amateur at the beginning of it would be something I could enter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, maybe this one's more, more your style. A pierogi eating contest to see who can eat no. the most pierogies in a minute. I, uh, I, I may resemble I that. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> and of course, it all culminates with the crowning of Miss Dingus Day 2023 in the evening. This year is not my year yet. I'm still waiting. I think next year is the year that I can get crowned Miss Dingus Day. What what, so, what are the uh what what are the prerequisites? What do you have to do or be or what uh, to be Miss Dingus Day? You have to you... be you have to be proud of all things Polish. So okay. you gotta wow the crowd with your Polish spirit. You have to show off your things like showing off your polka skills, eating five pierogi as fast as possible. I really think that's where I can excel. Mm -hmm. um, and some other like random Polish factoid, sharing your favorite Polish recipe also. 
I'm I'm wondering um, what if, uh what what would your husband say? How would he feel if you were crowned Miss Dingus? Was it Miss Dingus Day? Miss Dingus Day. I mean, I yeah. think somebody with a Polish last name, that's like the, the highest crowning achievement that you could possibly have. Okay. Okay. All right. You get to carry the title for a whole year and you get to ride on a float that has a pierogi on it. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. But if you cannot attend all of this excitement in person, all of the festivities are also live streamed on Facebook. So it should be really cool. It's a really cool, like uniquely Cleveland thing that's going to be happening on April 10th. Um, so that's that's a fun, uniquely Cleveland cultural celebration that we have here. Um, another one that we have coming up, Cleveland is once again home to the Kaya, Taya Garaja. Sorry, that one takes a little, little practice. Taya Garaja Festival which is the largest Indian classical music festival outside of India. So this is something that not a lot of people know happens here. It was on hold the last few years because of the pandemic, um, but it's been happening here since 1978. And now the event is 12 days of performances over at the Cleveland State University campus has like over 10,000 people who come every year. So this is another thing that is a uniquely Cleveland spring celebration um, that'll really get you in touch with some of the cool cultures and um, celebrations that we have here. So that starts April 5th through the 16th. Most of the stuff is free to the public. So if you just want to stop over there and check it out, um, there's there's that option for you as well. Ticketed show details schedule are all available on their website. Mm. Um, and then over at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, of course, the Cavaliers, they've clinched their spot in the playoffs. So we're hoping that we're going to see some playoff basketball over at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse this year. You know, maybe some NBA finals back here in Cleveland mm. would be pretty cool. Mm. But if you're looking for some non-basketball stuff happening over there, um, there's a little concert happening on April 5th. I don't know if you've heard of this guy. He's kind of an up-and-coming guy. His name's Bruce Springsteen. I don't know. He's, I guess he's like Ooh. from New Jersey. He oh. seems like, I think he could really make it, though. I think he's got what it takes to make it in the business. He's got a uh, chance. So he'll be over at Rocket Mortgage. He'll be over there on April 5th for um, his tour concert. Um, I have some friends and family who have seen him already on this tour, and they say he still rocks just as hard as he always has. So definitely something to check out if you're a Springsteen or just a general music fan. Um, and then on April 19th over at Rocket Mortgage, uh, another, you know, little known guy, com a comedian. He's, I think, been in like a few movies. Adam Sandler. Uh, perhaps you've heard of him. He'll be there on April 19th for his Adam. Sandler live show which is a I believe just like a multitude of comedy goodness of course mm. he's a very talented musician with hits such as the Thanksgiving song the Hanukkah song the Hanukkah song part two so uh, all sorts of good stuff happening over there at Rocket Mortgage but again we're really just hoping that in the next few months we'll be seeing some playoff basketball there too excellent excellent all right uh, any new restaurants that we should be aware of that uh, you uh, have on the uh, radar? So we actually just found out that um, Indy over on East 4th Street is going to rebrand. It's going to be the same owners, um, but they're calling it Gabriel's Southern Kitchen. And they're going to expand the menu over there. They're expecting to have that open, uh, rebranded and reopened sometime this summer. Of course, they have like one of the best rooftop patios that I think you could ha possibly have, but especially over there on East 4th Street, it's just such a cool spot. Um, so they're saying that they're gonna be doing some more stuff over there on the rooftop too. Um, and then I actually just had a chance to head over to Studio West 117th, which is right on the border of Lakewood and Cleveland over on uh, Detroit at 117th. And they have this really cool restaurant called Trellis, which is a cocktail bar with kind of a Mediterranean vibe to it. 
Um, and they actually have Lakewood's first rooftop bar. So as the weather is warming up, if you're the type of person who wants to check out some rooftop bars, uh, that is definitely a place to visit as well. I, of course, you know, in the name of research and in the name of my job, did some testing over there and I can confirm the cocktails are exceptional. So okay. a really cool All spot right. to check well, out. Uh, what, what cocktails in particular are uh, pretty good? So they have some cool uh, frozen alcoholic slushies that we got mm. to to taste mm. test. Those were pretty excellent. Uh, they got some unique mojitos, some margaritas. So a little bit of something for everyone. Um, definitely a warm weather spot over there. They're going for a cool like tropical Mediterranean vibe. So okay, all right. Uh, uh, two more quick questions. Probably the most important questions I'll ask. How did you celebrate St. Patrick's Day? Oh man. How did I not celebrate St. Patrick's Day? Oh, okay. Day? I, <laughs> I rocked all of my green gear. I went over uh, to West Park neighborhood, saw some of the live music over there, uh, some of the DJs that were playing, and just kind of enjoyed the day. Unfortunately, not as warm as it was last year, so not as pleasant to be outside this year as it was last year, but it was still a great celebration over there. And, and you detailed a lot of the uh, things happening on Dingus Day, so my final question, how will you celebrate Dingus Day? Um, I have a shirt that says, I love you, Cleveland, in Polish. So I'll be wearing that and probably okay. making some pierogies to celebrate. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll look forward to uh, to uh, to Dingus Day and uh, all the other uh, fine things that uh, happen in April. Will you be pulling any April Fool's jokes on anybody? No April Fool's jokes. I'm just counting down to opening day, man. I'm ready for the for the Guardians to be back downtown. I'm ready for baseball season and ready to see what the team does this year. All right. Well, we're ready as well. Thank you, Jen. Talk to you soon. The most trusted name in journalism, Klops Clips. Well, Ken, an Amazon delivery driver in Cary, North Carolina, wasn't about to be stopped by anything. The guy rolled up on the scene of a standoff that had been going on for nearly 24 hours with an armed suspect. Still, the driver hopped out of his van with a package, walked through several police cars before he was stopped by a SWAT member. He gave the officer, the SWAT member, the package and left, but not before he snapped a picture of the scene so he could show that he made the delivery. <laughs> I mean, that's, you got to do that. So that yeah. people can see that uh, from an email. Yeah. 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 The guy, he finished the job. Doesn't make any difference how hard it is. He did it. Good Florida him. man arrested last week for his part in an argument. He says it was verbal. His wife says he slapped her in the face with a pizza pizza. Oh, jeez. The wife told the police that he slapped her with the pizza after he got mad at her for physically disciplining another person in the home, quote, on his bottom area. Oh, my. During the investigation, police found pizza sauce on the woman's shirt, on her ear, in her hair, and on the walls of the kitchen ceiling, kitchen walls and ceiling. Guy says he didn't hit her. He just threw the pizza at her. Wow. I don't know if there'll be more investigation there. That's a possibility. Highway Patrol in California called to the Santa Rosa area of the highway, Highway 101, for an overturned truck. The truck spilled its load of about 10,000 wine bottles. Oh, no. Thankfully, they were all empty. Wow. 
An escaped miniature horse led police on a slow-speed chase in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. After about two hours of pursuit, the mini allowed himself to be caught and petted. Police are now looking for the owner. Ironically, that doesn't seem like it was a short chase. Two inmates at a jail in Virginia made tools and then made a hole in the wall of their cell to escape last Monday. Tools were made of a toothbrush and a metal object. Once out of their cell, they scaled the prison wall. A head count showed the men missing, so police started investigating, asking for the public's help. The pair were arrested the following morning at an IHOP. Oh, yeah. And the patrons called the cops. That's Shawshank right there. That's the first place you go if you escape prison is the IHOP. Done. You need a meal, you're going there. Sports, a goalie for a Chilean soccer team might be a new world record holder. Leandro Rapina made a goal kick from 110 yards away. The ball went in and Rapina said he was just trying to catch the other team off guard. World record for the longest goal in a competitive soccer match right now, 105, 105 yards. That was set two years ago. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Well, I'm Ted Klopp. That's news to me. Ted, I'm happy to tell you we do have some good news. Nathan Firesheets, that is a great name, completed a project he created called the Disney Global Ride Challenge. He visited all 12 of the company's theme parks around the world. He did it in 12 days and rode all 216 operating rides when he visited. He started on March 8th at Disneyland Paris and finished March 19th at the Magic Kingdom in Florida. In between, he hit Walt Disney Studios, Shanghai Disneyland, Hong Kong Disneyland, Tokyo Disneyland, Tokyo Disney Sea, Disneyland, Disney California Adventure, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, and Hollywood Studios. Fire sheets would not say how much completing the project cost him, and he must be exhausted. In uh, a related note, he now lives in a cardboard box. <laughs> or just in his car. Yes, I can only imagine you've been there. Holy you cow! Big money at all these places. Oh That's my crazy. gosh! <laughs> Airlines, food, tickets. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. Well, Nathan Fire Sheets, hats off to you, man. You are Mr. Disney. Oh no, not a dad joke. Ted, I only know twenty-five letters of the alphabet. How come? I don't know why. That joke was horrible. We are wrapping up episode number 111 of Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland. I found an interesting study, Ken, that I thought would be appropriate to share right after our uh, dad joke there. There's been some research on dad jokes. Are you aware of this? No. Oh, yeah. The British Psychological Society looked at dad jokes and... Their study says uh, dad jokes can make us better people. Wow, look at what we're doing. Yeah, researcher Mark Knudsen says dad jokes, uh, often derided as dumb, are actually the opposite. Part of what makes them funny is that they're unfunny, and the fact that they're so unfunny is what makes us laugh. So that begs the question, well, what what's the big deal there? 
So uh, uh, the research suggests that this has two benefits for kids. One, it shows them that a father figure is willing to embarrass himself repeatedly. It uh, subconsciously teaches kids to be all right with awkwardness and how to respond to it. Look at that. How about that? Uh, the researcher says kids continually exposed to eye-rolling humor build up a natural immunity to judgment and embarrassment and become adults who feel empowered to be themselves. Well, you know my motto for the longest time. If it's not awkward, it doesn't, doesn't feel, feel right. right. Yep. That's great stuff. That's very interesting. Yeah. Look at you just providing information. And little did we know we were helping people with our stupid jokes. That's great. Yeah. I love it. I, I think it. Uh, my uh, kids are going to grow up to have uh, incredible immunity to judgment and embarrassment and be very empowered. Well, they've, they've been subjected to this for a long time. And so they're going to be in great shape. Yeah. Nice job. I, I, I'm thrilled. Make sure you bring this up to Erica. That's big. So she knows. I will. I'm going to let her know. <clears throat> Ted, uh, any, anything going on this week? Any craziness? Obviously, work for you has been good. Same for myself. You got any? I know you've got lacrosse and baseball. Oh, yeah. Lacrosse, baseball, and hockey. We just we just add to the sports. We have soccer, dance, and track. Riley has yeah. his first track meet today, so that should be super exciting. So Yeah. That's off to him. Well, wanted to thank our wonderful guests, John Cerny, for tell, telling us about hoarding and what we or should Dwayne do. Or Dwayne Cerny. Oh, it's not John. It's Dwayne. See, it's been a rough go. I'm struggling, man. Rusty Dusty Sloan providing us all the information we needed on the greatest tight end in Browns history, Ozzie Newsome. Jim Brastovich from This is Cleveland. Thank you so much for the information on the calendar. And for you, the listeners, thank you for listening. And until next time, Mr. Klopp, please remember, we're just two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland is sponsored by Westminster AV, custom audio-visual packages for all occasions.